For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. The New York State Police Investigators Association, NYSPEA, is the union that represents 1,200 senior investigators and investigators within the Bureau of Criminal Investigation of the New York State Police. And Tim Diamond was recently elected as the new president of NYSPEA. He's on the phone with me. Tim, congratulations and welcome to the Union Strong podcast. Thank you, Darcy. I'm glad to be here. So you represent um, 1,200 members uh, currently working as investigators, but also the retirees? Uh, yes, that, that's correct. Uh, 1,200, approximately 1,200 members. That number goes up and down uh, based off retirements and hiring. And uh, about the same amount of uh, retirees are represented by us as well. Okay, so the current um, working um, members, the 1,200 members you represent are the non-uniform members of the New York State Police. So can you talk about the work that those members do? Because I do think sometimes when people uh, envision uh, New York State Police, they're thinking those thinking of the uniformed troopers out patrolling the roads. So tell me a little bit about what the uh, your your members are doing. Sure. Uh, I, I agree, Darcy. When people think of the state police, oftentimes they think of the uniform trooper and the Stetson uh, and the signature purple tie that uh, the state police wear. Um, our members are, uh, they were all troopers at one point. They were all road guys at one point. Um, now they have been promoted to investigator or senior investigator and our people deal with the heavies. So everything that is of a serious nature uh, reaches a, a felony level or a death related case, our people handle. Okay. So um, that's interesting, I think, for people to know. You have to be a trooper first. You can't just come into New York State Police as an investigator. So, But the troopers, of course, they're going to be doing some um, minor investigations uh, in their you know, daily work and their patrolling of the roads. But when you talk about um, the heavies and the murders, the homicides, what other – there's much more than that, right? What other, um, what other work are, are your investigators involved in? Yeah, so so our our investigators do a lot of the uh, I always say that the stuff that people make TV shows about. Um, we handle uh, homicide investigations, kidnapping investigations, organized crime investigations, uh, public corruption investigations. Uh, we handle the child abuse investigations. Um, we have uh, narcotics groups uh, that run long term gang cases. Um, we have uh, members in the Joint Terrorism Task Force uh, with the federal agencies. We have uh, members attached to the DEA task force down the city that are working international drug cases. Um, we have investigators that work uh, cybercrime. So they, they deal with the uh, online predators uh, that are out there. So pretty much all of the uh, really unique and, um, like I said, the stuff people make movies about is uh, – pertinent to our, our membership. I mean, we have people that work uh, exclusively undercover. So they, they are in an undercover role every day they go to work. Um, so th- those are the kind of different things that our people do on a daily basis that a lot of people don't realize uh, the state police uh, even are a part of. You're right. And then you also even do the background investigations, right? So when, um, you know, with gambling, with casinos, do you, you're involved in the people who work there doing their background investigation. Is that right? And then even like with um, some level of state employees um, within the administration? 
Yes, yes. We we handle uh, the background investigations of uh, many, many state employees um, at all different levels of uh, state government uh, positions. And and we also do the casino backgrounds. Uh, we uh, are part of the protection detail for the governor. So many, many uh, different hats are worn by our membership. So what about your background, um, Tim? Talk to me about that a little bit. How did you get into law enforcement? And then I want to talk to you about how you ended up in the position you're in now. But but start uh, with your background in law enforcement. Sure. Uh, so in 2005, I was hired uh, by the NYPD. Um, I started my career in New York City. I worked patrol in the Bronx from 2005 till 2007. Uh, at that point, I moved upstate and I was a police officer in the town of Fallsburg Police Department for about a year, which was a small rural department where I learned a, a lot of different things that I learned in, in the NYPD. Uh, I was hired by the New York State Police in 2008 uh, and I graduated the New York State Police Academy and I was assigned as a road trooper to SP Liberty, which is in Sullivan County, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked there for from 2008 to 2012. In 2012, I was promoted to investigator and assigned to the back room at SP Middletown, which is in Orange County. And I was there from 2012 to 2014. In 2014, I transferred into the community narcotics enforcement team and began working at, as an undercover operator uh, until 2019 when I was promoted to senior investigator and assigned to the uh, violent gang narcotics enforcement team uh, also uh, out of uh, SP Middletown in Orange County. Okay. And so you've got a little bit of everything, it sounds like. And so I'm curious now what led you to union leadership? Like, Why did you decide now was the time for you to take on this role as president of NYSBEA, particularly at a time when policing is being reexamined, not only here in New York State, but across the country, and it's under a microscope. So, so why take this on now? Yeah, Darcy, uh, if I had a nickel for every time I was asked that question <laughs> since I started, I'd be a, a very wealthy man. Um, so, and and th- this is why. Uh, I, I remember being at some uh, protests and we were working in an undercover capacity over the summer. And I remember uh, seeing uniformed police officers um, getting spit on. And I remember seeing just this growing... Uh, descent towards the police and thinking to myself, you know, here we are protecting the public and keeping everyone safe, but who who's protecting us? Like who's, who's looking out for our people. And that got the ball rolling. And I started to uh, reach out to some union members and, and say, Hey, I want to, I want to help. I, I want to do what I can, you know, like, and I want to make this better. And it got uh, the, the ball rolling and I got more involved and I felt that it was important that uh, we had some some strong voices in the the union leadership um, to to deal with the the present crisis, and uh, really to show the public that there are so many good police officers out there doing just a phenomenal job, and that although there is uh, your handful of bad apples, there are so many of us that are out there sacrificing every day um, and, and fighting for the good. And I wanted to get that message out. So that's that's really what uh, brought me here. Do you think that your work, your undercover work will help you with, um, you know, creating a new dialogue or maybe um, changing relationships uh, between police and communities? 
I, I think it can help. Um, working as an undercover, you you learn to uh, read personalities and you become very instinctual, uh, which are things that are beneficial to um, someone in this position. Uh, you also, uh, I worked in every community uh, in the lower part of New York. Um, I am a big advocate of diversity in the ranks um, and I view diversity in the ranks as a strength um, you know, which, which I think is, is going to be beneficial to us moving forward. So I, I do think it's, it's a benefit and, and an asset, uh, my police background and the experience I have. Um, have you had a chance to get out among the membership, um, to have discussions with investigators and, you know, whether through zoom or I don't know if you've been able to in person. And, and if you have, I'm just wondering what you're hearing from your members, what they're expecting of you. Yes, I spoke to uh, our membership. I speak to our membership every day about just a, a, a just a variety of concerns, and the the resounding theme is uh, they want the public to know that they are not all uh, they're not all bad. I mean, mm-hmm. the the incident in Minneapolis uh, really it put just such a dark cloud over policing. And now you have all these people who leave their families, all these investigators who leave their families to go to work to try to save lives and, and, you know, help others. And morale just took such a hit and they started feeling like people didn't support them anymore. So I think that the message I get from our membership is they want to feel support again. They want to get the message out that, that we're here, we can do better. Uh, we want the public's trust. We'll fight for the public's trust. And uh, they want to feel that backing from us. They want to feel like they're not alone. And uh, I've been doing my best to make sure that no one feels alone uh, out there when they're when they're working. Well, and it's encouraging if they do. Um, they're open to having these kind of conversations. And like what you talked about with, you know, creating more diversity within the ranks of the New York State Police. If everybody's on board with that, that can only help the conversation, I would assume. Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, anyone in this profession that feels that we can't do better is, uh, I think, short-sighted. And because everyone can do better. Every profession, everybody can get better. Mm-hmm. Um, do I support the defund the police movement? Uh, I don't. And I think that uh, if you want to improve your police, it's actually going to cost money. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, you're going to have to do more thorough backgrounds. You're going to have to uh, polygraph more candidates to make sure that the wrong personalities and the wrong characters uh, don't get hired. Uh, you're going to have to increase in-service training um, on those social work-based calls that we're seeing more and more, and, and it's a, just a bigger uh, volume of, of your police officer's work. So uh, it, it actually costs money for, for good police, and so I, I, uh, I think that's important that, that people know about that. So this legislative session um, will be different. It's it's not going to look like anything we've you know seen. Well, maybe the end of last year, but um, you know there's not going to be a lot of in-person interaction with legislators, right? So I'm wondering about your legislative priorities. What will you be focused on this session? Uh, <laughs> it is going to be different, and there there isn't going to be a lot of FaceTime. Um, this is the first legislative session that I've been up here for. Um, I, I guess my goal is uh, to try to reach out to as many uh, politicians to let them know that 
uh, we want to have the conversations uh, and the hard conversations mm-hmm. about uh, policing and some of the reforms that, that they're looking at. Um, but I also want them to know that there's reasonable people out there. Mm-hmm. And when I say reasonable, we, like I said, we, we want to get better. We want to make things better. But we, we're asking for, for a place at the table for some of these conversations. So I, I know there's not as much of an opportunity for FaceTime, but I, I think that uh, conversations can be had over the phone uh, via Zoom meetings. And if we all work together and if people from each side of this, reasonable people come together, I think that uh, we can make things much better by the uh, end of, of the session. And then what about um, COVID just for a moment? Have you had any members test positive investigators? Uh, COVID is something that I am dealing with daily. Um, it is just obviously just such an awful thing that the mm-hmm. country is dealing with. But um, our membership has dealt with it. Uh, we have had positive members around the state. And, uh, you know, our guys and gals don't have the the option really um, to, to work from home. I mean, th- this work is, is done in the field. Uh, this work is done in people's homes. It, it's done in the street. So uh, we've been handling it on a case-by-case basis, uh, trying to work with the Division of State Police uh, and management to, to make sure that it doesn't spread more than, uh, than, than it already has. So we're dealing with it daily and we're trying to you know, make sure our, our people have uh, the PPD equipment they need and do the best we can to, to limit the spread. Has it, has it um, changed the way you operate? I mean, you mentioned a little bit, but even is there less person-to-person interaction? Like when we talked about, you know, those background checks and things, um, do you still, is that like by Zoom? <laughs> I'm just wondering if it's different because of it. It's, it's definitely changed the way uh, we operate. Um, we're doing the best we can with what we're given, which we always do. Um, but it's, it's just, it's very difficult to interview with a mask on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult for our child abuse investigators to interview uh, child victims when they, they look intimidating because they have masks on, you know. And, oh, that's really and interesting. That. Right. And plus in trying to read someone's expressions. I never thought about that till you're just saying it now. Yeah, there's there's not that same connection. And, and you know, I, I always tell people I prefer in-person meetings. I like to see how someone reacts to questions and answers. And uh, that's how investigators are. Like, they, they want to see the person they're doing. They want to see their face. And and I, I think that it has changed how we work. Um, we're trying to adapt the best we can. But to say that it hasn't been a hurdle, I think, would, would not be uh, the truth. Well, Tim, um, sounds like you have a lot of really good uh, goals ahead of you. And, uh, you know, this podcast is not only heard here in New York State, but all across the country. I'm just wondering if there's uh, one last message uh, you have for folks who are listening that you want them to know about the investigators you represent. I I guess uh, if I had to get one message out, it would be that our investigators, uh, much like police officers across the country, are human beings like, like everyone else. Um, they are imperfect. Uh, sometimes they don't make the right decision, but most times they do. Um, majority of them are phenomenal human beings that leave their families every day uh, to sacrifice for other families. So um, we're going to get the message out. We are going to work our hardest to make things better. Uh, we're going to improve. And I, I think everybody needs to know that uh, we're working hard and we want to do better. Well, Tim, on behalf of our president, Mario Salento, and all of us here at the New York State AFL-CIO, I welcome you, and we all look forward to working with you. Thank you so much, Darcy. You have a good day. Thanks. 
Joining me on the line now is Kevin Eitzman, our digital director and the editor of the Union Strong podcast. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Darcy. So Tim Diamond, we just uh, welcomed him into the labor movement. He's got a lot on his plate. Absolutely. I, you know, it's uh, really encouraging to, to hear him talk about uh, wanting to get involved to, you know, work with community and and, um, you know, help uh, elevate police and, and uh, you know, have it be a, a, a good working environment for everybody and, and you know, positivity. Yeah, Very good. absolutely. It sounds like he's ready to have those conversations that need to be had. So that's that's excellent. Great. Sounds good, Kevin. Uh, stay healthy. Stay safe. Same to you. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Union Strong podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and give us a rating. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State Union strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.